Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Well, welcome everybody to the Must Read Alaska show. I'm your host, John Quick, coming to you live from somewhere Alaska. And uh, thanks everybody for tuning in today. We got a special treat for you, a special guest. But before I go into that, I want to uh, tell everybody that you can get our Must Read Alaska podcast on iTunes, Pandora, Spotify, iHeartRadio. And you can tell Alexa to play it and it'll play it for goodness sakes. And pretty much it's on any smart TV out there. If you have a Samsung TV, Samsung just came out with their own podcast platform. And we were one of the first podcasts to be approved on that platform, which is very exciting for us. They took the uh, top podcasts all over the U.S. and scraped them off the top and put them on their platform. And and we were lucky enough to be in that. So um, if you do listen to us, feel free to give us a uh, review. We really appreciate those reviews. And if you really, if you like what you listen, watch, or read on Must Read Alaska, always remember that you can donate to the cause. If you go to mustreadalaska.com, on the right-hand side there, there's a donate button. And that's how we survive off of uh, $5 donations, $10 donations, $100 donations. We do have some ads on the site, as you can tell, but those donations really are what keep the lights on. So we appreciate everybody that, that uh, contributes. Maybe it's yearly, once a year in December, or maybe it's... 50 bucks a month, anything helps. And we super, super appreciate it. And uh, without further ado, we have uh, a special guest today. Like I said, we have Pastor Ron from Anchorage Baptist Temple in Alaska, which I believe is the biggest, if not one of the biggest churches in Alaska. Pastor Ron, welcome to the Must Read Alaska show. Well, John, I'm excited to be here to talk about things that matter in our city and our in our state today. Well, I'm excited that you're on. I think any kind, anytime you can be at a cross section of the things that we're not supposed to talk about at the dinner table, Jesus and politics, I think that <laughs> we're having an exciting conversation. So I really appreciate you joining us. You're, I was, you know, we were chatting a little bit about, um, ch- we were chatting a little bit before the, uh, before we went live here and, you know, your folks are our folks and, and I'm sure that there's going to be people listening today just thrilled that we have a pastor on uh, the Must Read Alaska show. So thanks for coming on, Ron. And Ron, tell us a little bit about where you grew up and maybe what brought you to Alaska in the first place. Yeah, well, my parents did something crazy. They uh, they decided to move here from Southern California. So my parents moved up here from San Diego uh, when I was three years old. I kind of lived in South Central Alaska, uh, Nanilchik, uh, Anchor Point, Homer. And I really got grounded and sent to Seldovia, Alaska. So I kind of grew up in the village and a little tragedy happened in my life. I've lost my parents when I was there and Mm. ended up moving to Anchorage, Alaska in my high school years and uh, pretty much worked here and lived here and went to school here at ABT ever since. So I've been here since about 84, going to school and, and going through the process. That's awesome. So you're now the senior pastor at Anchorage Baptist Temple um, you probably didn't start that way day one. So tell us a little bit about your journey to becoming the senior pastor over at Anchorage Baptist Temple. Yeah, after school, I went off to college and uh, got a degree in accounting or finance, actually, and a minor in Bible and came back to uh, 
live in Anchorage. And I, I kind of thought that I'd be a commercial fisherman my whole life and that'd be all I would do and work, you know, work during the winter. And uh, one day I was asked to, when I got back to college, to start teaching. So at my career here, starting uh, in, the, in the Anchorage schools. And so I started teaching and then Dr. Prio knew that accounting background or finance background. So it made me finance the world. And I got started in the I was working in the youth ministry and uh, I was on and off intern youth path for quite some time. And then in the 2000s, I, I took the youth job. So I was working with youth ministry and then I went to the adult ministry, college ministry. Uh, and, and then, you know, what? I was uh, asked to run the entire adventure. <laughs> nice. Well, you know, I think that ABT, one of the reasons why folks um, maybe that even don't go to church or are part of a church family know about ABT is oftentimes they've dabbled their fingers into the political world. Um, in your opinion, what's a good balance of a church's involvement in politics? I think sometimes we get like the extreme ends of the stick, like you most of the time you'll have a church that, you know, doesn't ever talk about politics, doesn't want to talk about politics, sometimes is even scared to talk about politics because of, you know, maybe some government stance on uh, potentially losing, you know, your nonprofit status, which was the big yeah. rumor, you know, 10, 15 years ago, maybe even longer than that. What What's your take on having a good balance of, of a church's involvement in, in this political world that we live in? Yeah, well, the first, obviously, purpose for the church is to equip the saints. You know, we were, we are, we were created and designed to equip the saints to share the gospel and to be the light of the world, be the city on a hill. I mean, our job as the church is to be a picture of who God is. I mean, we're supposed to be loving and kind and engaging. So when you take that idea in the realm of politics, to me, how can you not be involved in community and politics if you are not the people that have the light, have the truth, have a moral compass are not involved and engaged. Um, so my balance, it's simple. I believe that it's we should be 100% in when it comes to how involved we are in sharing and being light to the world when it comes to moral truths. So I think the, the idea behind losing your tax status and all those things, those are all, those are government statements. In other words, the church does, is not, a, it should not be engaged in the idea of fear of what the government says about being truth and being light. Uh, if, if they came tomorrow and said, you're losing your tax exempt status, uh, if you, unless you stop sharing the gospel, we would say, well, we're never doing that, you know? So when it comes to politics, I feel like there's a lot of truth in that, that, hey, I don't, I don't mind, you know, following some rules and saying, hey, yeah, you're right. The church shouldn't do this or that. But the truth is the church has got to be more bold. I mean, we've got to say our job is to be salt and light engaged and stand for candidates who will do the same. And I think somehow we've lost that. We've got afraid of that. We've gotten where our status means more than our position in the community. And uh, we've got to, as a church, we've got to start standing up. So, you know, if somebody were to turn on the news today, not only just in Anchorage, but literally, you know, anywhere around the U.S. or probably around the world, but they would see, you know, a lack of hope, dismalness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, the light 
you know, fleeting to the to the uh, caverns of the world. What it, what's your take on the current state of our state and the country? It, it, you know, is there hope? Are we are we lost without a cause? Do you do you see a light at the end of the tunnel? Um, what's your take on it? Well, I think the question might what might not be the true question to be asking. The, the truth is this: that everybody, the entire world, is against what is truth and what is right. I mean, the truth is that's the battle we've been facing for generations. I mean, you look back through history and you constantly have these tyrants or these dictators that have changed the course of their countries for the negative. And without the church being engaged and involved, there's absolutely no hope. You know, we, we, we have no hope without Christ. We have no hope without what is good and true. I mean, we do know that uh, this world will come to an end. Um, that's clear. I mean, God will return. But we as Christians, we as Christ followers, our job is not to lo- focus on what is going to happen in the future negatively, but what is going to happen in the future positively. So I think of myself as blessed to be in church at this time in history because God, for whatever reason, has asked me to be in- involved in that, to ask me to engage in that. And I, every Christian has been engaged in that at this time. I mean, that's what God is calling. Hey, be the salt and light in this environment that you find yourself in. So you're correct. When you look on the news, you think there's no hope. But the reality is there is hope. There is hope for every individual when it comes to truth and light, justice, Christ. Um, And we want to portray that hope regardless of what the world decides to do. So, you know, what's your message to folks? You might have some people listening in on this saying, you know, maybe they've never heard the gospel before, um, or they're hearing something that you're saying for the first time, and they're thinking, oh, man, this this guy's got a little different message than what I've, <laughs> than, than what I've maybe heard. What's your message to somebody out there that, you know, is seeking the truth? You know, um, I, I know that your message is Jesus, but not every, you know, assume nobody knows nothing. And what's your message yeah. to those folks seeking, you know, truth out there? Absolutely. I mean, the reality is this, that we have a creator. And I think that's where the world starts to, to drift away. So we know that we have a creator. We believe we have a creator. We know his name is, is God, Jesus Christ. Was his son. He is. And man fell. And so there was an corruption is in the world. Bad things are in the world. But Jesus Christ, the son of God, came to the earth to uh, pay for the sins of ours and all sin. For those who would receive him. So the gospel really is this message of us placing our faith in Jesus Christ, who is the son of God, who paid the price for our sin and gives us eternal life. And that eternal life is not just something we hide in our little hearts and, you know, get in the corner and say, oh, good, I get to go to heaven when I die. But it's a life transforming gospel that gives you hope and purpose <laughs> and meaning in life to bring hope and love to those that are around you. I mean, the truth is the world has defined love so corruptedly. Love is not sex. Love is not lust. Love is not pleasure. Love is love for others. Love is love for God. And we're jo- our job is to send that message to the world. So uh, all parents out, not all parents, but a lot of parents out there, especially conservative uh, Christian parents, are looking at some of the things that um, public schools are doing right now in terms of oh. sexualizing kids and you know, introducing them to 
uh, sexual topics when they're in preschool, kindergarten, asking right. them to choose their gender and their pronouns when they're in preschool and kindergarten. They can't even clean up their rooms and they're choosing their gender. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I feel like um, a lot of parents are are kind of lost and how do they make a difference between because the moment they speak up, they're homophobic, bigots, they hate a certain group of people when they're really just trying to stand up for their kids and saying yeah. that this stuff is inappropriate and leave those kind of talks to <laughs> us at home. Yeah. And they may not be saying it that way, but they're being perceived as, you know, being hateful. And so what's your advice to them? Listen, I, my advice to every parent that is concerned about that needs to understand this. The world hates you. If you stand for what is true or what is right, the world will hate you. The Bible is very clear on that. We're, there's no mystery. You know, if, if the world hates me, I can tell you I'm doing something right because that's what the Bible says. The Bible says the world will not like you. They will not agree with you. So when you find yourself as a parent and you are fighting an argument about pronouns or about transgenderism or somehow that girls, boys can compete in girls sports, your job is to stand for what is right and just and do not worry about the cancel culture. I mean, if that's what all it takes for you to lose or have your children involved in that, then you probably should ask yourself about being the parent. Obviously, we, 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 we believe in Christian education. I actually believe in homeschool education. I believe in anything but the public school education, to be honest. It is a cesspool of bad theology and bad doctrine. They think they're not religious, but they're completely religious. Their religion is all about themselves. They're their own God. And they profess it, they teach it, they preach it. And uh, I'm just letting you know, I would, I would encourage every parent in Anchorage to stand uh, like they never have before. I truly, I know this, the way in which America has gone south is through the school system. And until Christians and conservatives put the school board as priority number one, we will never change the rest of the world. It is number one, how we educate the next generation is what life is all about. And that's why our church focuses on the next generation. We are a four-generation church, and our mission is reaching the next generation by making Christ-centered world changers. And that's what we want to do. That's awesome. Yeah. And if you're if you're a parent listening and you live in Anchorage, ABT does have a Christian school that you can check out. And um, if your kids are already in public school, Alaska uh, allows you to opt out of any sexual education uh, yeah. training. It doesn't guarantee that it will happen, but as a parent, you can walk yourself down to the public school and fill out a form and opt your student out of, of any sexual education classes. And they're, you know, by statute are exposed to uh, not have your kids in those. So that's at least a couple tangible things. If you live in Anchorage, yeah. check out ABT's school. And if you don't live in Anchorage, you're not near, near where you have an alternative, you can at least opt your kids out, which is, you know, at least something you can do. So, um, so, Pastor, ABT, I believe, is, you know, one of the biggest churches in Alaska, if not the biggest church. And you, ABT, has, you know, just been a rock, you know, as other churches in Anchorage have been the come and gone or got big, got small, got big, got small. ABT has just kind of been a steady eddy. Um, do you have any, you know, what are your big plans for ABT? You know, I know that folks in your shoes um, oftentimes maybe they do satellite churches or they'll do different campuses all over this, the city yeah. or the state. Do you, what's your guys' big plans for ABT? 
Well, the reality is for us, we're, we're focusing on the next generation. So right now, since the last three years that I've taken over, uh, we've really tried to redesign our church to reach the next generation. Our, our services have become a little more uh, catering to the younger generation without losing the older generation. We spend a lot of time and energy in our school uh, and what it means to re-educate and create, like I said, Christ-centered world changers. Um, obviously, I believe that my, if you really want to know my real burden, my real burden is to partner and help other churches succeed. Like I, I love ABT and I, I love to grow and share the gospel. And, and we've thought about what it would look like to have a satellite church in the Valley and, and things like that. But truthfully, if I could inspire pastors to just decide that they're going to be bold life changers, world changers. We, we have this phrase around our church that says, we want to make a big deal about following Jesus. And it actually pours out into where we are in the workplace, where we are in our churches. I, I believe we can turn this city around. But until we have pastors that will, are willing to be bold, until we have members of Christians who are willing to be bold for Christ, we're going to be the ones in the closet. We need to come out of the closet and start standing for what is true and right. And I believe Christians have just decided that they're going to sit back and they're going to hide themselves. They're going to be good people and they're going to do their duty. They're going to work hard, but they've lost sight of the fact that they've been called to much greater than that. And um, so that's really our big plans. Our big plans is trying to figure out how we can, can engage the community in such a way that we inspire other churches to grow and to be relevant today. And so we'll see where that goes. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. They, um, you know, church culture is its own little thing. Sometimes we don't really yeah. get to experience it too much in Alaska because we don't have a lot of big churches, but in the lower 48, you know, there's churches, as you know, 10,000 people, 10, yeah. you know, about every church in Texas seems to have, if you, if you're not over a thousand people, you're probably not even a church. And so what, you know, uh, what's your thoughts on kind of this new wave of pastors or even Christians being kind of woke? It's they they like see the latest cool thing to be woke about on Instagram and they seem to attach themselves to it. Even pastors of very big churches in the South are yeah. becoming more and more woke. And it's just a very uh, concerning trend, I think, for 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 pastors that are just kind of normal now, I guess not normal anymore, but yeah. um, steady eddies, you know, what are your thoughts on these woke pastors? I think that uh, if you're trying to grow your church on popularity or on modern culture, then your struggle will be that that culture constantly changes. If you're trying to set your church on what is gospel, what is truth, what the word is, which is the good news. And your purpose is to share, share the gospel and to be light. In other words, when Jesus in Matthew says, hey, you are the light of the world, a city on a hill. The idea behind what it looks like for a church to be a city on a hill should be your, your standard. Not, hey, we fit in and everybody feels comfortable. Church should not feel comfortable. If you come to my church, you're probably not going to feel comfortable. I'm going to preach so hard that I'm going to convict myself. <laughs> you know, that, I mean, if I walk out of the service and I have not preached to myself, I have failed because I am certainly just like you. I am not perfect. If I'm going to get up there and, you know, encourage everybody and it's all wonderful and you're all going to go to heaven and you're all going to get a million dollars and you're all going to, 
That's not what church is about. Church is about holiness and righteousness. And so these churches that are woke, they're buying into a culture and an idea that they were not created in the image of God. Listen, everybody is created equal. There is no favoritism with God. The rich and the poor, black and the white, zero impact on what God's, how God sees you. And if we don't preach that true message, then we're lying. There is no, there is no, hey, we make up, we do not. We ask for forgiveness, we move on, we grow up. I mean, people are uh, discriminated against every single day in every form and every fashion. That's called life. I mean, I, I discriminate against the person who drives slow in front of me. I'm yelling at them, hey, hurry up, speed up, right? <laughs> every part of life is discrimination. Um, and so, well, how do you respond to that is really the question. If you're a believer in Christ, you don't, you respond with grace. I respond with grace and kindness. I, I'm engaging people. And so I encourage everybody to say, listen, let's get off this woke concept. Let's get our eyes on Jesus and realize that we are imperfect, but where our job is to move towards holiness. So I, I don't know why they're doing it uh, other than the fact that they want to fit in. Um, I mean, truly, we should love everyone the same. And that's the bottom line. So who are some folks that you've looked up to or, or, um, you know, has been a hero to you in your life over the years? Well, Dr. Prevo obviously is one of them. He, you know, there's a lot of things that I really, really, really admired in the man. I mean, obviously I worked here for 25 years underneath him, at least probably more than that. Um, and I admired just the way he led this church. He did so. He's, I look at myself and the struggles that I have now and look back and say, oh my goodness, that's why he did all those things. But truthfully, some of the best people who have poured into my life are probably teachers. You know, there have been uh, Mr. Kobaugh, there's, there's very, there's a few guys that have really poured into my life, but truthfully, the person who transformed my life uh, was the lady who adopted me after my parents died. Uh, my mom, I would call her my mom, Nora, she passed away during COVID, right, be right before COVID. Um, she was the one that probably had the biggest impact in my life about what it means to love others and to really care about the person that was left out and downtrodden. Um, you know, she basically didn't have to take me in and did, and it's transformed the way I see people. And so I, I'd say her is she's probably the strongest influence in my life. Yeah. It sounds like she walked the walk instead of just talking the talk. She adopted you and changed your life probably. Absolutely. Absolutely. So are there, are there better days ahead of us? Should, should, uh, people be, you know, what's, uh, <laughs> what's, uh, what's your take? Uh, should we I be excited about what's to come or should we be, you know, uh, hoarding uh, beans and rice and, and ammunition. Listen, I think everybody should be wise. Okay. First of all, everybody should be wise. It's always good to be prudent. It's always good to be wise, but I'm an optimist. I always see the, the glass half full. Um, in our, I don't look generationally in this generation. That's what you need to understand. We as a generation, and I'm in my fifties, should be looking to the next generation. And so when I say that, I'm saying, listen, don't look at history in America as of today. Look at what you can do today to make a difference tomorrow. So I look optimistically because I believe we can change this next generation. They're going to find that all this stuff the world is selling them, this culture, this wokeness is a bunch of garbage and the pendulum is going to swing. So let's be on that. Let's be a part of that. Let's be engaged in that so we can make a difference. So how does somebody come check you out? They live in Anchorage or they're even in the Valley. Um, I'm sure you guys have multiple Sunday services. You probably have you know, uh, streaming it somewhere. How does somebody check all your stuff out? Yeah, they can find us obviously on our Facebook page. We have a YouTube channel. 
Our services are at 9.30 and 11. Uh, we have community groups at 9.30, actually, because we like to break our church down into smaller groups. We truly believe that circles are better than rows. Uh, our main service is at 11 o'clock here in the auditorium at 6401 East Northern Lights. I'd love to have you come visit. And I always love feedback. So if you come and you're willing to go to lunch, I'd love to hear your story and what you're all about. Awesome, Pastor. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Do you have any last thoughts before we head out here? No, the only thing I'd like to encourage everybody who's listening is to don't give up. You know, keep your focus on what is right, what is true, what is just, because the, the reality is we'll all give an account of everything that we do. So don't forget that you're going to stand before God one day and it doesn't matter what the times are. It doesn't matter who's in office. It only matters what you do for Christ that matters. So Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Pastor. We appreciate you coming on the show. You're welcome back anytime. And uh, right. for those of you listening, maybe you tuned in right now or maybe you tuned in halfway. I encourage you to go listen to the whole thing. Um, and it's uh, hopefully will be an uh, act of encouragement to folks all across Alaska. And, you know, we got listeners all over the globe, actually. So if you're listening in, go check out uh, Anchorage Baptist Temple. Just Google it, Anchorage Baptist Temple. It'll pop right up. And uh, maybe the pastor will see you on a Sunday service there. So um, thanks so much, everybody. And uh, we're going to have uh, Senator Dan Sullivan on tomorrow, which is going to be exciting, probably around four o'clock. He'll be with us for half an hour, 45 minutes. So you won't want to miss out on that. We're going to be talking everything. I think we're going to be talking about the new oil uh, lease that's happening here in Alaska that just got approved. I think it's supposed to have 500 to 1,000 new jobs to the state, which doesn't seem like much, but is an awful lot of new jobs, good paying jobs. So you're not going to want to miss out on that. Tune in tomorrow, four o'clock, Senator Dan Sullivan. And uh, until next time, I'm John Quick signing off from somewhere in Alaska. See you soon, Alaska.